Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Wendy's Big Show served up hot and fresh here on The Fan. Steve Sparky Fiverr with you here in the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios. Packer Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist. He is Leroy Butler over there. And Gary Ellerson, the one and the only former Packer, Badger, Lions running back, also with us. Joining us now, Matt Schneidman uh, joins us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline to talk about the great piece uh, that he wrote today. And it's kind of a, a prediction piece updated from your earlier prediction piece. You had done 20 predictions, and now you're down to 10 predictions, Matt, uh, as far as what you think may happen during the season. Let's just go through these uh, one at a time and see what everybody thinks. The first one, Christian Kirksey starts all 16 games at inside linebacker. My first question is, now, is number one, Matt, the most realistic thing to happen? Or how, how did you rank these one through ten? What does each number mean, essentially? Yeah, there was no specific ranking. It was just kind of the order I thought of them. But looking at it now... That would think, not be one. <laughs> you know, it could be one of uh, the most realistic ones. Probably not the most realistic. I mean, the reason I, I put it as, you know, a, a quote on bold prediction was just because of what has happened the last two seasons. Uh, he had the pectoral injury last year, the hamstring injury the year before that. He's played only nine games combined the past two seasons. But you look at a guy like Brian Belaga, uh, what he did the two years before this one, this most recent one, and, and how injury-prone he had been. But then he played all 16 games this year. So it's certainly possible I think that would be a great thing for the Packers if, if they can get Kirksey to play all 16 games. The contract is stacked with her game bonuses, so obviously uh, he doesn't make the, a good chunk of what they're going to pay him unless he's healthy. All right, number two on this list was uh, Devin Funches catches six touchdowns. Uh, I don't think anybody will think that's crazy necessarily. 
a rookie replaces Ricky Wagner midseason. Uh, what do you think of that, Gary Ellerson, of the likelihood of that happening? That would mean they would have to draft one probably early in the draft. Yeah, I would have think that they would have to take one early. I mean, I think if you look at the receivers, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty short there. And they got a lot of guys that are all the same. All these guys are, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". I think they need some sort of a speed guy that, that to mix in with all these taller receivers. Don't no, you think? Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. What do you say, Matt? Yeah, I totally agree. It, on the receiver front, I think they do need a speed guy. Funches is obviously – you know, 6'4", 225 about. He's similar body type as Alan Lazard, uh, someone they already have. I don't know if they're planning on making one of those more of a hybrid tight end guy. They certainly didn't do that with Lazard last season. But I, I do think when they do take a wide receiver, whether that's in round one, two, or three, I think it'll be in two. I think it should be a, a smaller speed guy to just change up what mm-hmm. that receiving core can bring to the table. Now, number four, Leroy, you'll like. And Rashawn Gary, the most improved player on the team. What do you think of that, Leroy? Well, that'll, that'll help me look good. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, I, I mean, when I draft, they drafted him, I'd say they didn't draft him, Matt, because of production, because he didn't have the production. Now, obviously, for a 12th pick, you would think a guy have a lot of sacks, a lot of – you know, I would say like the young man from Ohio State worthy, but you would think he'd be a difference maker. But when you came in and spent the money on the um, Smith brothers, you think, how can he get on the field? He didn't get on the field as much because of Kyle Fackrell. Kyle Fackrell is gone now. So that does open up for Rashad Gary to be very impactful. So I agree with that assessment, especially if they can move Zadarius Smith on the inside on obvious I, passing down. I, I'm going to be sick. Just hold on a second. What, what are we basing this off of, I guess, Matt? Are we basing it just on Mike Pettin's word that he did a lot more than what it looked like on tape? Um, I would say more Mike Smith. So, like, once every two weeks or once every three weeks, we get to talk to the position coaches, sometimes one-on-one in the hallway right outside the Packers locker room, and Mike Smith is probably the most insightful person, player or coach, that I talked to this entire season. And while Pettin and LaFleur and Gutekunst would stand at the podium and say, oh, he's getting better, he's getting better, Mike Smith would, you know, cite literally specific examples from practice, how, you know, the week leading up to them playing the Panthers, he was sniffing out uh, everything that Christian McCaffrey had shown on tape and re- relaying it better than anyone else, you know, what McCaffrey's tendencies were. So uh, that more than anything, and that's not the only time Mike Smith had had cited something specific. Um, You know, I I just tend to take his word for it. Mike Smith, Mike Patton, they know a lot more about football than I do, uh, more so than than most people watching Packers games do. And also, like Leroy said, Tyler Fackrell's not here anymore. The discussion about whether – drafting a number four edge rusher at number 12 overall uh that debate can be had another time but i think it was a little unfair to expect a lot from gary last year because he was a fourth stringer but now he's a third stringer i think there will be a lot more attention on the smiths this year because of what they showed they can do last year so i think uh, uh, another year in the system and some more opportunities because I, I think you'll see the Smith Strong double team should open things up for for Rashawn. I think. Matt, real quick, did did they 
Did you yourself, though, see an improvement from him from day one to day two? I mean, they did obviously did a lot of things with with Gary last year and to try to get him to try to, to try to get him to be more consistent. Sometimes that's kind of tough being a rookie. Oh, absolutely. I think it's hard to show or hard to prove to a casual viewer that you're getting better, especially when you're only playing, you know, 18 to 20 percent of the snaps right. in games. And, you know, the naked eye probably doesn't see much improvement, but going back and watching film, he was getting off blocks better later in the season. Um, but, you know, may- maybe I guess we'll just have to take their word for it because I, I can understand certainly speculation because most of my uh, prediction per se is based on the word of others and saying what he did in practice. Obviously, games is a whole different thing, and right. they obviously didn't need him much in, you know, three, four outside linebacker sets. So I saw small things in games as the season progressed, but I think most of it was just based on the word of, of people who know a lot more than me. Talking with Matt. He's a Matt I'm sorry, I apologize, Steve. And Matt, he's a physical specimen. He's a big kid. Yeah, I think something that's interesting, and we've asked about this, is has there been any consideration to move him inside? Because he played inside at Michigan and especially seeing how much guys like Lancaster and Lowry struggled against the run last year. Um, They ranked 23rd in the league, I think allowing over 120 rushing yards per game. Has there been any thought with the depth that they have and had at outside linebacker, would they consider moving Gary inside? Because like you said, he has Mm. that body type. Everyone has stressed, no, they're keeping him on the outside. So, you know, I'm curious to see whether that remains the case if they struggle against the run again and they're still getting enough production from the Smiths. But uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, the body type certainly lends itself to an inside guy. But for now, uh, all the coaches and, and Gutekunst have said that they're going to keep Gary at outside linebacker. All right, uh, let's move on down the list. Talking with Matt Schneidman here. You can follow all of his great work that he does at Matt Schneidman on Twitter. Number five in his predictions. Graham and Allison both catch touchdowns against the Packers. I don't think anybody would even doubt that happening. That just tends to be how it works for the Packers. Uh, Number six, I think, is a very interesting one, and one that I've seen uh, people talking about here in the last week or so, and that is Packers trade up from number 30 in the first round of the draft, and I guess I would be a little bit surprised. I've been saying the whole time I think they trade out and back into the second round because I don't think there's that much difference between 30 and probably pick 10 uh, in the second round or so, 10 or 12 in the second round, once you get past the top couple of inside linebackers. What makes you think that they very well may go up, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible they trade back. Brian has you know, traded out of his original first-round selection both of his years as GM. I just think it's more likely they trade up because they already have 10 picks. That's a decent amount. Um, they can gain one or two more if they want to trade Josh Jackson or Lane Taylor before the, before the draft because neither of those guys project as starters this year. Um, I'm honestly a little surprised they haven't cut Lane Taylor for some cap space yet or, or didn't before the bulk of free agency passed. But I think there are a couple individuals, and I named a couple in my story, you know, T. Higgins, the wide receiver from Clemson, Kenneth Murray, the linebacker from Oklahoma, Josh Jones, the offensive tackle from Houston, who could still be on the board in the early to mid-20s and could be worth trading up for given what they could give the Packers right off the bat. 
Um, I think especially a team that just went to the NFC Championship game doesn't maybe need to keep all 10 of their picks because they don't have, you know, glaring needs. Sure, they could use those to fill some depth, but if they feel they're one, two big pieces away... Brandy's Big Show served up hot and fresh here on The Fan. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer in the G. Widener Plumbing Studios. Check him out online, gwidenerplumbing.com for all your plumbing needs. Dan Plucker producing Other Side of the Glass. We're here in Hales Corners. Out there, out and about, Gary Ellerson, the former Packer and Badger running back. Hall of Famer, Packer Hall of Famer, Leroy Butler, inventor of the Lambeau Leap. He is out there as well, as is... Matt Schneidman, you can follow him on Twitter, at Matt Schneidman, talking about his 10 predictions for the season. And uh, one of them, number six, was moving up from 30 into the first round. And, Gary, I, I go to you first before we get to number seven. Uh, what position would it be for you if you're you're hosting the draft show, obviously, on Thursday night, the 23rd, you and Bill Michaels on the statewide network. If they go, hey, the Packers have moved up to pick 20, what position are you hoping they're going to get at pick 20? Because you know how it gets. Then you and Bill right. will get into scramble mode going, all right, now who's on the board? Who could they possibly want at this moment? You know, that's, that's a good question. Um, I, I really don't have one. I mean, I, I would love to see the Packers either stay where they are or trade back. I mean, I think it would be too much to go up and try to get a receiver because there's a lot of them out there and they most certainly need one. Um I really don't like the idea of them moving up to get a defensive lineman because I think they can find a couple of them in, in this year's draft. So, I mean, to me, I think those are two of the most important positions I, I think that they need right away. Offensive linemen, they really are not in a hurry or crunch to get an offensive lineman. So, that would surprise me if they would move up. To me, I think the Packers are in a good, in a good spot to really gain more picks. I, I, I think, and I, we, you and I talked about this, I think they move down rather than move up. It would be surprising if they move up. Yeah, I, I would agree with you uh, as well on that one. All right, so number seven, uh, we're going to go to Leroy Butler before we get to ma- back to match diamond. N- number seven on his list, uh, Leroy, predicting that uh, our guy Jair Alexander will become one of the best cornerbacks uh, in football this year. What say you? Well, um, <laughs> be honest uh, now. Keep it one hundred, <laughs> like you like to tell everybody else. He gave you the well, um, yeah. Well, <laughs> read that again, Steve. Maybe I'll take it out of context. Come on, read well, that one. Um, okay, wait. I'll, I'll even put I, it in I context. Mad, I want. I want. I want to. Say it again. I'll put it in context. I'll read you some put of it. In context, Alexander becomes one ask. of the NFL's top cornerbacks. He could have had five or six interceptions instead of two if he corralled every catchable ball that came his way. His agility and man-to-man skills are among the best in the league. He was almost lights out in primetime games. A third season could very well earn him the league-wide recognition he's beginning to deserve. Alexander was a little ticky to make the Pro Bowl last season, but his name could be mentioned alongside the likes of Richard Sherman, Darius Slay, Marshawn Lattimore, Jalen Ramsey as an elite cornerback in the NFC that is what Matt Schneidman wrote, and I will let Matt, Matt. rebut to Leroy Butler once well, the rest Well, Matt, call me next time before you do this kind of stuff. Man, so I can help you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now, this is my hope. If you go all the way back when they selected him, I said the same thing Matt said. I think he can be everything you want. In his first year, I thought he was a little heavy. 
Second year, he looked amazing. And then, to me, it's two things. Because you look at the Amari Cooper game against the Cowboys on that surface and covering those tight guys. One, you can never look in the backfield. That means the double move gets you. Two, Richard Sherman and those guys have amazing hands. They catch things like Spider-Man. See, now I can talk about that, Matt, because my hands were terrible. I'm, <laughs> I, they were... I used to sit back and watch how many interceptions I used to, I had a chance at, and I would drop them all. But I worked on it. I got a little bit better. But the one thing I would agree with you, he wants it. He demands it. He's not scared. He has to swagger. And not to mention, he's a good-looking guy. When you put all that into it, I think he can be one of the best. But he has to work on those deficiencies that I talked about. I totally agree with you. I think the hands obviously leave plenty to be desired. I remember talking to him one-on-one late last season, and I said that I had gone back and watched every game that he had played, and he said, you know, he only had two interceptions at the time, obviously. He said, how many should I have had? I said, you know, probably six or seven. I specifically remember that Panthers game in the snow in the fourth quarter, Kyle Allen literally threw one right in his hands and he had a 50-yard pick six walk-in, but he dropped it. And he's not going to get that respect that he wants or the respect that he deserves uh, if he keeps dropping those. You know, cornerbacks like Stephon Gilmore, Anthony Harris, even Kevin King is up near the top of the league in interceptions. You know, you get that recognition if you finish those plays. And, and there were a couple plays last year where Jair – did make those plays that that one against the Vikings in week two where he started off on Adam Thielen uh, who was running a slant and then broke down into the flat to break of a pass to the fullback like you don't see that often from guys and I'm basing my statement more off you know potential and, and things that I saw last season granted if he plays like he did again last season he will not be considered one of the NFL's top cornerbacks he still has plenty to you know fine-tune he has, he's raw in some aspects, like you said, the game against the Cowboys, Amari Cooper, the game against the Chargers and Mike Williams, he needs to eliminate those games where he's just getting torched throughout the game. Granted, they only happened twice last season, but if you want to be considered among the elites, you, you got to really shore some things up. I think he can with a third year. Uh, he obviously showed progress a lot from year one to year two, but you know, I'm with you. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying I think that that leap is possible. No pun intended. I think that leap is possible. <laughs> nice job. Man. Number eight on the <laughs> list of predictions by Matt Schneiman. Uh, Aaron Jones leads the NFL in rushing TDs again and dot, dot, dot. And as you read the piece, he says, well, Aaron Jones leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns would be fantastic for the Packers and their Super Bowls in 2020. Such an encore performance to Jones' breakout 2019 would only drive up his price entering free agency in 2021. As you scroll down later as he's talking about Aaron Jones, he ends with, I'm not saying it would be the right move for the Packers to let him walk, but assuming Jones is dominant yet again, I think it happens. What say you, Gary Ellerson? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think he's got a lot to prove still yet, and that is can he play 16 games again? And and I, I think he needs a, a running partner with him. I just – I mean, I like Jamal Williams, but I just don't think he's what they're looking for. I think he needs another guy to go with him. And, and maybe that may be a guy in, in this year's draft, and I think that will help him 
then get to those numbers that he is looking for. I feel he did a great job of limiting his touches this year. I think he averaged about maybe between 20 and 22 touches per year. But if you're going to do that with him, I think he needs another guy that's going to be a little bit more productive to run with him. So from that aspect, Matt, I, I want to go back to, because there were rumblings that maybe his representatives were reaching out to the Packers for a contract extension. I, I mean, from this perspective, if the Packers don't extending him, uh, then th- if he does have a monster year, I agree with you. I think he walks. But if they do extend him, don't you think they could get something done probably around 7 or $8 million or so versus waiting another year and having him really blow up? I think so, yeah. I agree. But you look at what they just did with Kenny Clark. If they had gotten that deal done early last season, they could get him for a lot cheaper than what it will cost now just because of how dominant he was in the yeah. last half of the 2019 season. So I don't know if they're going to rush to get that done to maybe uh, afford him. Obviously, uh, his price could go down. If he has a different production, it could skyrocket if he shows that he can be consistent and last year wasn't just a fluke. I'm interested to get the thoughts of of the guys on your end just on that free agent class next year. I mean, uh, I said it here. I don't know if it's right. You know, Bakhtiari, Clark, Lindsley, Kevin King, and Aaron Jones could all be unrestricted free agents next year. And I think Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark are higher on the priorities list to pay than Aaron Jones. I'm wondering what you guys think. What do you think, Leroy? Well, you know what? It depends on Aaron Rodgers to me because I think the top player that comes back with Aaron Rodgers is Batiari. That's where all the money is going to go. That's your investment. That guy was like a fourth-round pick, and he, he played not only played a lot of snaps, but he's been protecting Aaron for quite a quite a while now. Um, so I think they're going to invest in him. They're going. I think they'll sign him to an extension this year to try to use some money. I think they're going to be. You know, I go back to what Matt, one of your original points of them moving up. I think they will move up in the draft so they don't have ten picks. That'll save them some money as well to maybe even get like seven picks, save that money, package some of that money up, and try to keep one or two of these guys because I, I just don't know if you can pay. Aaron Jones, what, you know, Dallas is paying their top running back. If he's a feature back, if he gets all these touchdowns, some other team obviously will pay him, but I don't think the Packers can. The one guy they're going to make their only investment, now, I don't know, it's going to maybe come down between Kenny Clark and Bacciari, but even if it come down to them, I mean, it has to be Bacciari because you have no backup for him, none. So he can, he can really just hold out if he wanted to and just be the highest-paid left tackle in NFL history. But the Packers are going to say, listen, you didn't even make the all-decade team. Stop it. But, again, the guy was just phenomenal when he's in there. So I think 69 speaks for itself. Yeah, I don't, I don't just necessarily disagree with you on that either. Uh, let's go to number nine now. Defense ranks near bottom of league in stopping the run. Uh, and as Matt points out in this piece, aside from Clark, no Packer defensive lineman incites fear. Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, Kingsley Kiki, and Montrevious Adams need huge seasons to shoulder some of the weight. Their nose tackle currently carries almost alone up front. I just don't see it happening, says Matt. Gary, do you see any of those guys stepping up and having big seasons? No, I don't. And and so they, they're going to need somebody <laughs> in the draft. I mean, that's I mean, they're, they're void of talent. They're void of talent really at the defensive lineman spot, and they're void of talent at the inside backer spot. And so 
I think those two areas are going to have to be addressed in this draft. Number 10 on the list, and I'll let Matt start here, and then we'll get the thoughts of Gary and Leroy on the way out. Packers will regret not signing a tight end in free agency. Jay Sternberger might be a dynamic tight end sometime soon, but the Packers need that now. They can't afford to go another season of Rodgers' career with a stagnant tight end. Not since Finley have they had someone truly formidable at the position. And starting with the 2020 season, Goodenkun's primary mission should be to maximize whatever Rodgers has left. I don't see Sternberger being the true number one Rodgers needs. Not after he barely showed anything in his rookie season, all by an injury-hampered one. To inspire belief, he can make the jump from sparsely used emergency fullback to break out star. And then you go on and talk about Austin Hooper and Eric Ebron and how you may have had to pay a decent amount of money for them. So, Matt, how what do you think is going to happen to that tight end position this year? I mean, do you think they go after and draft a tight end or two uh, in the draft this year trying to find that next tight end? Or do you think they just play with the hand they have? I think at this point they play with the hand they have. If they wanted to bring in another tight end and, you know, they were in on Austin Hooper um, and they showed some interest in even Delaney Walker, who's 35, 36 years old. So so the interest was there in getting an experienced, proven guy to kind of show Sternberger the ropes now that Jimmy Graham is gone. A big part of this, I think, and this might be something that's, you know, undervalued behind the scenes a little bit, the coronavirus is really restricting how much teams can get together in person and practice. You know, who knows how long this goes on. Obviously, the health of everyone is paramount uh, over football in any regard. But Jay Sternberger could go an entire offseason without getting the necessary reps he needs with the first team. He missed the entire first half of last season. I, I think he's a nice player. Don't get me wrong. This is no shot on him. But especially after how little he was used last year, um, I just don't see how he can be thrust into this number one role without, you know, much off-season time meshing with Aaron Rodgers and the whole offense. Sure, he can study the playbook virtually, but if he has to stay inside his house and nobody's allowed to practice because of the coronavirus, I don't see how he can just step out on a field in the fall and become the tight end that Aaron Rodgers needs. And like I said, they need a dynamic tight end because just look at the two teams in the Super Bowl, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. The tight end is very important. Packers do not have one. And these next three, four years should be about surrounding Aaron Rodgers with whatever he needs to make sure he gets the second Super Bowl and that this Hall of Fame career does not go to waste with only one. And I I think the tight end position needs to be addressed. And it's too late to do that now with, with Hooper and Ebron. But I think if Sternberger does take a little while to hit his stride, Gutekunst may have some second thoughts on, on not splurging for one of those guys in, in free agency. He is Matt Schneiman. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Schneiman. Always a good follow. Always some, a lot of insightful stuff. Great articles as well. Click on those links. Matt, thanks so much for coming on, man. Very I appreciate good job, it. Matt. Very good job. Thanks You've so got a lot of subscribers today, so thank you. <laughs> Take care, Matt. There he is. Matt Schneidman on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Is there a passion outgrowing your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. All right, Leroy and Gary, I'll start with Leroy. What do you think of that last one that he put as far as them regretting not signing one of those tight ends? Well, actually, they still can. I mean, they still have June 
uh, maybe some guys get released or something. They could still bring in a vet. They will bring in a veteran uh, tight end. But if you're the Packers, though, Gary, I mean, do they, do you really think they? Maybe we've gotten burned with the veterans, uh, the Dreamy Grams and the Bennetts, and the, well, well, the young man Jerry Cook. You probably should have kept him, but. Right. Maybe we should just go with these younger guys and see what happens. I mean, just give Sternberger a chance, and and then we can always bring in a Delaney Walker if we have to. But it puts a lot of pressure on the Robert Tunyons, who I'm high on, and and then some of these other guys. They're gonna bring in a lot of camp bodies at some point. But I just think they may think they may be a little trigger shy with the veteran tight end at this point. Yeah, I think they're. I mean, I they most certainly missed the boat doing free agency, probably. So I think they move on. Maybe Sternberg is better than what we think. They get a chance to see him every day in practice. Right. And so I, I would hope, hope on, hold out on hope that he he makes a huge uh, statement for him this year and, and makes some progress. I mean, he was hurt with a concussion early in the year. I think that set him back. So we'll, we'll see how it shapes out. I mean, they, they have a number of tight ends right now on their roster. We just don't know about that position. I mean, we – Along with defensive line, we don't really know. We got one guy, Clark. I mean, that's it. I mean, even we don't know about inside linebacker. You win a guy, a guy in free agency is probably going to be your starter. He's a guy that's been injured a lot. We don't know a lot about him. But the only thing that you can say good about the Green Bay Packers is really I think their secondary is intact. They're coming back, but they may need another player there. Uh, you look at their offensive line, looks pretty good, but you wouldn't have got Ricky Wagner. I think you, you were going to be okay at right tackle if you're looking to run the football, but you may need to draft one a little bit higher in the draft. Uh, receivers, you need another one there. Quarterback, you're good. Running back, I think you need another running back. So, I mean, they, they've got some holes to be filled, but it feels like to me more of the holes to me are at defensive line and at inside backer and, of course, receiver. Uh, all right, so uh, coming up next, we'll switch gears. Uh, we're going to go talk about pro basketball players that don't have hoops, and unfortunately they reside oh uh, with our basketball team as well. Possibly a back-to-back MVP. We'll discuss that next. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. <laughs> 